Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Sicha. We are in Parsha Zlachacha, Siyad Beis Cheshvan today. And um, I'm going to give a personal thank you to all the Crown Heights families um, for this Shabbos that are hosting and housing and welcoming uh, Chabad on campus for Pegisha and all of our students. I know many, I know we're, we're listeners from all over the world, but um, it's a really, really big deal when people are welcoming our students in and letting them stay and giving them so much love and the impact goes very far. So I just need to say a big thank you, especially uh, with everything going on with Yidin Worldwide today. The extra hugs, the extra love, it's just, it's very important. So thank you. Um, I also wanted to give a little shout out to two birthdays coming up this week. It's our yearly shout out to Sarah Beta Laniato and Adina Landa. Um, have a year of brachas and hatzlachas coming up this this week is their birthday. Um, we're going to start our learning with giving tzedakah and having Mashiach in mind and all of Eretz Yisrael and all of the hostages and every single Jewish neshama right now that needs refuah, that needs uh, everything, everything they need, all the brachas that need to be safe, that need to be comforted. Um, and really with the ultimate, that we should have victory, and with the ultimate victory, I'm going to come here So I'm going to give some tzedakah right now. And with that, Ms. Spiro, thank you so much for joining us today, Eric Chavez, and uh, take it away. Thank you, Ati. And I'll just say my inspiration for the week. I really, really wanted to do the sicha, and then Baruch Hashem, as the week went on, I got more and more busy, and I was going to message you yesterday and just say, like, Ati, I don't think I could do it this week. And then... You know, you just watch enough shluchim and enough yidin who are just c- combating darkness with light and just really, really being there to give the Rebbe's message of Eretz Yisrael belongs to us. We're confident in who we are as yidin. You know, mitzvahs and goodness is always going to be the most powerful force, and um, that's who, who I'm having in mind. So, Eti, this sikh is for you as a campus shlucha and for all of your fellow campus shluchim who are like literally on the front lines when it comes to demonstrating Jewish pride and Jewish identity. And um, a big shout out to all of you. So um, this sicha, it's just amazing how the Hashgacha practice keeps unfolding with the schedule of Project Lekutte Sichais because the sicha is all about Eretz Yisrael and all about our eternal eternal right to the land of Eretz Yisrael and how important it is for each one of us to know that, to be aware of it, to walk around with that very, very firm awareness that this land is ours. It has always been ours and it will always be ours no matter what. And, um, uh, and not only on a global level do we need to be aware of this, but we also need to know how this shows up in our Avedis Hashem because each one of us make a huge impact on what we're doing in our own little mini lives and how, those, how that has huge rippling effects all over the world. So let's dive into the Sicha. Chelek Tesvav on page 100. This week's Parsha, Parsha Slech Lecha. Gefintmen kama pa'amim di haftacha from dem eberstin suaramim. This week's Parsha has numerous times the promise that Hashem gave to Avram Avinu as er vet im in unzayne kinder geben eretz Yisrael, that Hashem will give him and his descendants, each one of us, the land of eretz Yisrael. And the Rebbe is going to quote the different times. In Unfang Sedra, in the beginning of the Parsha, it says, Hashem al-Avram, the Ebster appeared to Avram, 
Vayemer, and he said, Lizaracha etain to your descendants I will give this land. That's one. Another time, Dernach by Mavekin from Mitzrayim, when they went out of Mitzrayim, then Light Hatzich von Im Abgeshait and Light went his separate ways. Hatem dem Eberstin gesagt, Hashem said to Aram, Kiaskal Haarat Hasherat Harei Lacha Etznena Ulazaracha Ad Eilam. All this land that you see, I am giving to you and to your and to your descendants for eternity. And then the next, a little bit later on, we have Kum Hisalech Baaretz. Go walk the land. La Arka Ularachba Kilacha Etznena to its length and width, because I'm giving it to you. And then we have, by Bris Bein Absarim, by Yaim Hahu, Karas Hashem, Esavram Bris, on that day Hashem made a covenant, made a commitment with Avram Avinu. And he said to Avram at that time, Lezaracha Nasati Esaratazais, to your children, I have given. And I want to just point out to you right over here, you see the difference between Bris Bein Absarim to all the earlier statements. All the earlier statements are, I will give, when we come to Brisbane Absarim, it is, I have given this land, Menar Mitzrayim Ad Hanar Hagadol Nahar Pras. And then it states the borders of Eretz Yisrael. <coughs> and then um, it goes on to list the ten nations that um, their lands are the lands that, are, that have been given to Avraham and his descendants. So let's take a look at the earlier two promises, and we're going to contrast it to the promise that gets made in Brisbane Absarim. So first of all, as we just noticed, the first ones are written in future tense, I will give. The last one, the one from Brisbane Absarim, is I have given. It's already done. What's the difference that we see between them? So we find that um, Brisbane Absarim comes after Avramavinu did an act. In other words, in the earlier times, Avramavinu didn't do anything. Hashem just appeared to him and promised him that he will give him marriage to Israel. But the, 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 the commitment by Brisbane Absarim came after Avram Avinu walked the length and the width of the land. In other words, he did something to you know, show that this land is his. And he also asked Hashem a question. Um, the Abishter said to Avram, go walk the land because I'm giving it to your people to inherit. And <clears throat> Avram, Avinu said, Avram Avinu asked him, Sorry with my voice today. So Avramavina said, how do I know that I'm going to inherit it? And so in response to Avramavina's question, that's when Adebishter said, I have you know, made the commitment of Brisbane Absarim and promised him that I have already given you this land. So what we're seeing is that the first part, when the promises are written in future tense, is when Avramavina is more passive and Hashem is coming and giving him this promise. In the second part, where Hadebishter gives him a promise that it has already happened, I've already given you this land, that comes in response to Avramavina walking the length and width of the land, and Avramavina saying to the Abishter, how do I know that I'm going to inherit this land? The Ragachavar jumps on this, and the Ragachavar shows that we have a difference in wording when it comes to the first two promises versus to the way it is written by Brisbane Absarim. By the first two promises, we see the word Nesina, that the Abishter is giving it, Right, But when it comes to Brisbane Absarim, it's in a response to Avram Avinu saying, how do I know that I'm going to inherit it? And the Ebesha says, We see the word Yerusha being used. So we see that the first two times the Ebesha gave us Eretz Yisrael as a present, as a matana, 
by Brisbane Absarim, the Abishar gives it to us as a Yerusha. And um, this actually ends up fitting very, very nicely with the two different ways that the Yidden ended up coming into Eretz Yisrael. So if you go forward into Jewish history, where do we start to see the Abishar's promises unfold that this land belongs to the Yidden? So the first way is when Yehoshua comes in and conquers the land. Um, <clears throat> and that's similar to the original two promises. In other words, one second, let me just make sure I'm doing this piece right. Actually, you know what? I'm going to skip that part. I'm going to jump to a later piece instead. Let's go to the Rambam on this same concept. So there's two different ways of how the Yidin came into Eretz Yisrael. There's the way that they came in in the times of Yehoshua, and at that time they came in... Um, conquering Eretz Yisrael. And the second time that they came in with Ezra after the second base of Mikdash, I'm sorry, when they came back to rebuild the second base of Mikdash after going through Galus Bavel, then they came in and they established their ownership of Eretz Yisrael through Chazaka, through their presence of being there. And the Rambam actually shows an interesting thing, that when they went in the first time and they conquered Eretz Yisrael, certain mitzvahs only apply because Eretz Yisrael is a holy land. So those mitzvahs began to apply once Yehoshua had conquered even the very beginning of Eretz Yisrael. It was already considered, you know, the land that the Yidin had conquered, it was considered holy, and they kept certain halachas like Meiser and Shemitah, etc., etc. Once the Yidin were kicked out of Eretz Yisrael and they were conquered by the Bavlian, so for those 70 years, the land lost its holiness and they were not required to keep the halachas that have to do with the holiness of Eretz Yisrael. But then the Rambam goes back to say, when it came to Ezra, returning back to the land, and this time they took the land not through conquering, they took the land through Chazaka. And Chazaka means that they acquired the land. In other words, they laid down roots there and they showed like a Kenyan, like this belongs to us. So once they did that, that Chazaka, that this land now belongs to us, is something that is now eternal going forward. And even though later on, you know, after the second base of Mikdash was destroyed, and Yidim were once again exiled from Eretz Yisrael, we have never lost the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael ever since. And until today, we keep the Halachas of Shemitah, and we keep the Halachas of Meiser there, because as the Rambam tells us, the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael was acquired at that point through Chazaka, and that Chazaka was something that remained for all of eternity. So now Eretz Yisrael continues to be a holy land as a result of the way that they acquired it at the time of Ezra. So what we're seeing here is kind of like a little bit of a lineup. We're seeing that the association of going in the first time, as the Ragachavar puts it, is being compared to a gift, is being compared to a matana. That's the expression of how the Abishter, you know, words the giving of the land the first time. And when they came in by Ezra, the wording is Yerusha. The wording is that, it's, that it is an inheritance. And we also find this similar differentiation by the Rambam, that the Rambam says that when they came in the first time, they came in as conquerors. And because they came in as conquerors, the Kedusha lasted for as long as they had conquered Eretz Yisrael. But as soon as they lost, having conquered Eretz Yisrael, they lost the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael. And then the second time when they came in, they came in with Chazaka. They came in, you know, that this is our land and we place ourselves here and we have acquired this land. And through acquiring that land, the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael became something that was eternal. 
I was trying to think of, you know, what image could we imagine today of this idea of the difference between coming in as conquerors versus coming in through the, through the means of hazaka. And I don't know if I'm correct at all halakhically, so don't, you know, quote me on that one. But for me, the image that came up to my mind was the image of Sarah Nachshain and the brave women who went in and literally created hazaka in Hebron. And until that point, you know, the milita- there was a military presence in Hebron, um, it had been conquered militarily from the time of the Six-Day War, but there was no Chazaka of Yidin living in Hebron. And then finally, when she came in, together with the other brave women, and they literally established Chazaka, and then from there continued to establish Chazaka, um, you know, that this is our land and this is where we belong. So the Rebbe is going to analyze this. First of all, what's the connection between Matana and Kibush? What's the connection between giving Eretz Yisrael as a gift and that the way that that happens is through conquering? That's associated with the first time the Eden came into Eretz Yisrael. And what's the association between Yerusha, inheritance, and Chazaka when they came in the second time into Eretz Yisrael in the times of Ezra? And, of course, that second time is the one that's more lasting, is the one that's more permanent, that the Kedush of Eretz Yisrael continues to remain Kadesh until today. So that's going to be one of the points that the Rebbe is going to focus on. The Rebbe also does a huge analysis on the Rambam here, which I am not going to go into in detail. But let's jump to our bottom line. Our bottom line is that there's two different points of what it means that Eretz Yisrael is a land that belongs to the Jewish people. The first way that Eretz Yisrael is a land that belongs to the Jewish people is just the actual ownership of the land. Who does this land belong to? And who does this land belong to was established by Brisbane Absarim. And it was written as Nasati, I have already given, which means that from the time of Aramavinu, going throughout every single situation that the Yidin went through until today, this land belongs to the Jewish people. That applies to whatever the Jewish people may be doing or not doing, messing up or not messing up. Um, it, applies, it applied straight through Chet Egel. It applied straight through the issue with the Maraglim. It applied straight through Golos, and it applies until today. So no matter what, no matter when, this land from the time of Brisbane Absarim belongs to Avraham and his descendants. That's point number one. The second point that comes up is the holiness of the land. What about infusing the land with the fact that it is Eretz HaKadosh, with the fact that it is a holy land? And so that, the Rebbe points out, has to do with the presence of the Jewish people in the land. We had to actually come to the land and make it into a holy land. So way before Yehoshua even showed up in Eretz Yisrael, the land already belonged to the Yidim. It belonged to the Yidim from the time of Brisbane Absarim. What did Yehoshua accomplish when he showed up into the land and he conquered the land? He turned the land into an Eretz HaKadosh. He turned the land into a holy land. And the way, the way that he did it was through this way of kibush, through this way of conquering and overtaking the land. And in that way, he infused the land with the Kedusha of, um, that, that the land became a place that was Kadesh. And therefore, all the mitzvahs that are associated with the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael then go on to apply. Then we have, later on in history, that once the, Basimik, the first Basimikdash was destroyed and other nations came in and conquered Eretz Yisrael, that Kedusha was lost. It was not something that remained internal. There was a break. There was that 70-year break when the Yidza went into Golis Bavel, where they were not required to keep the halachas of Meiser and Shemitah and Eretz Yisrael because they had lost control of the land. They had been conquered by the Bavlian. 
Then what happens? Then we have the return of Ezra. And when Ezra comes back, Ezra comes back this time through the format of Chazakah. Right? He comes back in acquiring the land. This land is now ours. He's living there. And in that way, that's the statement of ownership that comes about at, you know, at that time. And um, that concept of, of, a con- of um, acquiring it through, um, through, I'm sorry, through Chazakah is going to be end up is going to end up being similar to the way that the Rugged Shepherd put it. That is similar to the concept of Yerusha that they, we like literally get the land because we inherit the land. And once Ezra comes in in that way, then there is no stop. Once that happens, for all of eternity, from now on, Eretz Yisrael not only belongs to the Jewish people, but Eretz Yisrael is a holy land and continues to be a holy land, even after we get conquered by the Romans, even after any form of exile that we may go through, through all the ups and downs of Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael is a land of Kedusha. So let's appreciate what's the difference between this lineup of quote-unquote kibush together with matana, right? The gift with the way that that gift is given to us is through conquering, and that's the style by Yehoshua, versus the way of Ezra, which is Yerusha, inheritance, slash chazaka. And let's go into this in a little, bit of a, a little bit of a deep way, trying to understand the nuances of what's going on over here. So the basic difference is going to be how much is coming from above to below versus how much is going into into the below, into the tachtain, working through the tachtain, and coming out through the other end. When Yehoshua first came into the land, the land was given like a matana. The land was given like a gift. What's this concept of the land being given like a gift? When someone gives you a gift, you're not necessarily worthy of receiving that gift. You're passive in the way the gift is given to you. Right? You just, you're just there to receive it. So initially, when Yehoshua came into the land, it was more in that Hashem sort of like bringing the ownership of Yidin, bringing the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael onto the land. And that's why it happened through the form of conquering, through the form of kibush. Because what happens when you take like military control of a place, the place itself is not open to receiving whatever message is being given to it. They're not open to receiving, you know, they're conquering, they just get conquered. And so that's how Yehoshua showed up, similar to this idea that initially it's Melmaila Lamata, it's the greatness of Hashem, it's the presence of Hashem coming onto the land and overtaking the land. Obviously that has a tremendous mile to it, because no matter what the land is up to, it takes on Kedusha. But the Chassarin is, is that whenever you don't you know, work through something and it doesn't actually become permeated by whatever it is that you're giving it, there is the possibility that it's not going to last. And that's what ended up happening, that after Yehoshua conquered Eretz Yisrael, once the Bavliim came in and, and um, destroyed the Beis HaMikdash and conquered back the land, they were able to remove, like we lost the Kedusha that had been brought in by Yehoshua. But now let's contrast that to what happened by Ezra. What are the terms Yerusha and Chazaka? What do they have in common with each other? So when someone comes in with Chazaka, and I think we could all like, to me, it was like, you know, easier to picture this when I thought about the difference between what Sarah Nachshain did versus what the military bases do in the city of Hebron. So when you come in just as a military force, that, that city is not a Jewish city. There's just a military force, like, controlling it as a Jewish city. But when Sarah Nachshain lives there with all those women, they, they make it a Jewish city. They actually take this place and they make it into a Jewish city. That's the idea of Chazaka. We come in, we acquire this land, it's ours, we're here, we live it. 
And once you have Chazaka, the place itself takes on that this is a Jewish land. This is a land that the land itself is now open to, you know, so to speak, the ownership of the Yidin who have come and taken Chazaka of it. Um, and again, going back, and one second, and, and this is similar to the Varts of the Ragachavar about the idea of Yerusha, about the idea of inheritance. How does inheritance work? The person who's inheriting the item, it's not like a gift that he's totally disconnected from it. No, he has something in him that makes him worthy, that makes it appropriate for him to be the one who's going to get whatever item it is that he's inheriting. So in his essence, because he's the child of the person who he's inheriting from, or the descendant, the brother, whatever it is, he has something within him that makes it appropriate for him to get it. So what we're seeing here is that the difference between the first promises that were given to Avram and the second promises that were given to Avram, the first time Avram was more in that passive form, right? It came to him as Matana. The Abishter was coming, Momaila Lamata. And that's why it ended up being expressed by Yeshua in the form of Kibush, that Yeshua came in and overtook the land and broadened the Kedusha, broadened the holiness into Eretz Yisrael. The second time was after the Yidin are you know, Avraham Avinu was involved in the process. He walked the land. He asked Hashem, how am I going to know that I'm, you know, that I'm receiving this inheritance? And then Hashem responded with the promise of the Brisbane of Sarim. And that is similar to what happened by Ezra, that when it came to Ezra, the Yidin came in, you know, returning into the land, taking part of, taking Chazaka. It's appropriate for us to be here. This is our land. We are, we are the Yershim. We are the inheritors. It's, it's like part of our being that we should be in this land. All of this is so far on, on a halachic level. But of course, what's most important for us is how does this tie into um, Avedis Hashem? What does this have to do with each one of us and the way that we need to be serving the Abishtar? So go to Eis Ches on page 106. Der Hesper Hanal is Masim Eich mit der Bier Hachiluk zwischen Kedusha Vishena und Kedusha Shnia Bepnimis Hanyanim. Let's now see the difference between the, between the way the holiness came in at the time of Yehoshua versus the way the holiness came in the second time. But now let's learn it on a deeper level. What does this have to do with our Aveda? As this man, Kedusha Vishena, Zayna Yidin Bechlal Given in der Madriga von Sadikim. Obisman, Kedusha Shnia. In their Madriga from Bali Tshuva, the first time that the Yidin came to Eretz Yisrael in the times of Yoshua, and they instilled that holiness in the first round, the Yidin were at that time at the level of Tzadikim. When they came back in the times of Ezra, they returned back as Bali Tshuva. What's the difference between the Avodah of the Tzadik and the Avodah of the Bali Tshuva? From the Unterschied in Tzvishin Tzvei Madrigas is the Avodah from Tzadikim is the Ikar Baderach Malmaila Lamata. The way of the tzaddik is to come with power from above. They bring Hashem's taira, they bring Hashem's light, they bring Hashem's kayach from above to below into the situation, and they infuse that situation with holiness. But because the accomplishment is coming from above, is das nit verbunden auf viel mit dem Mata. Und der Riber kann sein in der Maschine über Hefzig. But because of that, it's not as connected from, you know, an inside-out way with this low place that they're trying to um, permeate, that they're trying to influence. And therefore, there is the possibility for there to be an end, for there to be some sort of break. Um, and that's exactly what happened at the time of Yehoshua, that Yehoshua went in, he came in and he conquered, but at the same time, they still re- it still remained a land that could have been 
conquered back. And in this case, when it was conquered back, the Kedusha of the land did not transform, did not necessarily stay, and for those years they lost the holiness of the land. So too is it when it comes to a person's Avedis Adam. When a person is only coming from that initial place of inspiration, from that initial place of Mamayla Lamata, he hasn't yet stood the, the test of time. He hasn't yet had to like, you know, deal with the issue and face up to it. So too is it when it comes to Avedis Adam in general. When a person does their Aveda, but it's not really investing in the world itself. So the person has not yet faced the test. What happens if I'm going to have to go down into the world? Will I be able to make it through? And we don't yet see how that person has made it through. That's the Avedah of the Tzaddik. In other words, they're coming in you know, from a very wonderful place, but what's going to happen when the first blow hits? What's going to happen when the mata rears its ugly head and you know, shows up as an Isaiah and is not necessarily open to the Kedusha that you're trying to infuse it with? Will the person be able to make it through the Nisayan? But So that's the, that's the challenge of coming from the place of Tadikim. Masha Enkin about Shuva, but what's the Maila of Balchuva? Vas Avaidasa is Baderach Mamata Lamaila. The Avaid of the Balchuva, his work is from below to above. Der Birur Vizichatachtain, as Averta Kaili Tukdusha, as they say, as the Sprach goes, he does inner work, right? In other words, going in there and refining and going through the Tachtain until that Tachtain actually becomes a Kaili to the Kedusha that it's bringing. Is Dergilialokus and Demata and an Eifin as a Satakium as Vertnit Nisak. And in that way, the Lokus that is able to be revealed through a Balchuva is something that goes on to last. And so too is it in general when it comes to his Aveda. The fact that the person has gone through his fall, he's been through his challenge, and he's made his way back up. He's crawled back up, and he's you know, made his way back to his connection to the Ebeshterm. This becomes a sign that he has truly been permeated with his Yiddishkeit. He's not just coming in with initial excitement, with initial inspiration. He's gone through the pop process. He's faced his demons. He's worked through his stuff. And now he comes back, and his level of commitment is so much stronger than ever before. And that fall will not rip him away from Hashem. Now his bond with Hashem is constant and it has no limits to it. And this is similar to what happened by Ezra. When the Yidin came back as Bali Chuva, they had gone through their gullus. They had gone through their difficulty. They had gone through whatever things they needed to face and they made their return back. And they said, we're coming back. We're coming back to have our connection to the Abishter and the land. Then what happened when they acquired the land and they showed back up as a chazaka? And they showed back up, like Yarshim, like a, it's appropriate for us to be connected to this land. Who we are is connected to this land. Then it doesn't matter what happens after that. Even if even if 400 years later the Romans showed up, and because of our sins we ended up having to go into Golas, I'm sorry, once they went through 
Agolos, and they came back to Eretz Yisrael. Nitzvi to a land was a darf and ersh kaivish zayin. They returned not to a land that they had to conquer, but rather to a land that belonged to them, that belonged to them to begin with. They returned not like this land does not belong to us and we have to come and get it, but rather they came back with that you know, clear um, approach, this land is ours, we belong here, and this is what's supposed to be. So what we see so far is there is obviously something important about the first way, the way of Yehoshua, where we have to come in with that like special kayach from Hashem, which is the Aveda of the Tzaddik, that special inspiration that just like shines into a situation where it seems like we're not, we're not meant to be in that place, and we're able to come into that place and conquer it. But that's just the beginning. The second Mila is the Mila of the Balchuva, the way that they came in by Ezra. And the Mila of the Balchuva is, is that you go through your Nisayan, you've been through the worst of it all, and you come back with such a strength, and that type of strength is a strength that lasts forever. And so till today, the land continues to have the holiness that was brought into the land by the Balichuva, who transformed the land into a holy land when they returned at the end of Gullus Bavel. Let's um, now break this down into uh, a message for us today. We're, what are we going to do with all of this today? So if you go to page 108 in Aisyud, <clears throat> just a reminder, there's two different points that are being made here when it comes to our relationship with Eretz Yisrael. One point is when it comes to the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael, the holiness of Eretz Yisrael, and the second point is when it comes to the ownership of Eretz Yisrael. So when it comes to the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael, we have to remember that we have these two levels. We have the level of the Tzaddik, and we have the level of the Balchuva. And I just want to stop for a minute and just you know, take a minute to apply this not only to the land of Eretz Yisrael, but each one of us in our Aveda. There are things in our lives where Hashem gave us, you know, like what, is, what does Eretz Yisrael mean for each one of us? It means Hashem gives you a portion in your world. Hashem gives you areas of your life to turn into Eretz Yisrael. So there's two ways that you come into doing that. One way is when you start out in your inspired place and you approach this, you know, this land and it's foreign to you. Like, how am I ever going to conquer it? And you come in and you just have to, like, you know, overcome it from, from above to below. And that's one way, and it's a very important and good way. But the second way, which we all have to be aware of, is well, after we've messed up, and each one of us has places in our lives where we messed up with whatever our portion of life is meant to be. And we're, we're very, you know, nispal. Like, do we actually belong back in this land? And the answer is not only do you belong there, you belong there and you belong there in a greater way than ever before. And the work you're going to do now on this second round, because it's coming from that worked through deep eternal place, is going to have a much greater impact, is, much, is going to have a much, much greater, you know, way of having an effect. So before we go into the last piece that the Rebbe is going to do here, I just want to encourage everyone to think of some area of your life, some area that the Abishtar has given you your portion of this world to transform into an Eretz HaKadosh to infuse with Kedusha. And maybe you've tried once and you came in with that way of, you know, conquering and trying to, like, turn it into a holy land, and it had an effect to some extent, but, you know, it didn't always work out. And maybe we even make mistakes and maybe we even mess up. But now we make the return as Bali Tshuva. And make the return as Bali Tshuva, we should know that we're going to be able to come back in a stronger way than ever before because we're going to have worked through in a much, much deeper level. We're going to have stood the test of time and it's going to end up, you know, being more powerful and more successful than ever before. So sometimes it can even be um, people in our family, maybe even one's child. You can have a child where you feel like 
you know, how do I, quote, unquote, step in as the parent of this child? And it can feel very overwhelming. You know, you started out first in your tzaddik position where you're all, like, inspired and excited, you know, being this child's mother, and then not, not everything works out in a simple way. But we can come back as bali tshuva. We can come back and we have to know this land belongs to us. This land is ours. This is my achrayis. I need to be here. I need to come back. And through that, you know, deep inner Workings. The person goes through their nisayin and faces up to their nisayin. Not only will they will they not be uns- not only will they um, not be successful at all, but they're going to be even more successful than they were in their first time around. Okay, that's the first point. The second point, which was actually the first point, um, is that before we talk about kedusha, not kedusha, Yisrael itself belongs to us, and we have to remember that it belongs to us, and nothing in the world can stop that from changing. And I want to read that word in. Read that section inside. So go to page 108, second column. The etzim bailos van yidin ayveritisrael ishtendik gans ubatachlos hashlemos. We have to know that the essential ownership that every Jew has of this land is eternal and is complete at all times. From the time that Avram Avinu was given this land by Hashem at Prisbein Epsarim, as an internal inheritance. And that covenant cannot be changed. And therefore, therefore, that promise lasts no matter what situation Yidin may find themselves in. Even if our negative ways, even if our mistakes and our mess-ups have caused us to be distanced from the land, but still, what is that land called in that same phrase that describes our sins? We had that chazaka. We have that Yerusha. We are essentially appropriate and connected to this land from the times of Avraham Avinu. Even though between the Brisbane and Sarah until the time that the Eden came into Eretz all kinds of issues came up, it doesn't matter. This land is always eternal. And especially since the time of Ezra, not only does the land belong to, belong to Eretz but the Kedusha of the land has also been established for eternity. And therefore, on page 109, therefore it is understood, as thus is an Indian and Velchus is nit shayach king dinganish, mischar And therefore it is understood that there is no discussions here. There is no deals. We're not, we're not selling things. We're not buying things. This is ours. We have to know that this land, with all of its borders that were originally promised to Avram Avinu, even though right now we have enemy nations, perhaps, living in those lands, every single bit of that land is an inheritance. Every single one of us are the owners of that land. And therefore, there is no one in the world, it doesn't matter what his position might be in the government, they have no ability to compromise and give away any part of that land. 
um, is der velen upgeben chas v'shalom azach v'skeit kegen der matzan Hashem, and any desire to do so goes against the will of the Eibushter. Because Hashem gave it to us, as an internal inheritance. So when we have to go out and face up to that and remember that we own this land, we need to go with this kayach. If we're going to stand with the appropriate strength, and where does our strength come from? We have to remember, nit mitzad yadi. We own this land not because our strength is so strong. Of course, we stand in absolute awe of every one of our soldiers. But we have to remember that the fact that we have ownership of Eretz Yisrael is not because our soldiers and our army and our politicians and our, and our this and our that. No, it has nothing to do with any of that. Our one place that we rely on is the Eibishter. Narval das is nachlas eilam from dem Eibishtin elakeha eilam. So dem am eilam but rather because this is the eternal portion of Hashem, who is the God of the world, to the eternal nation. And we go with that approach, then is then we're going to be incredibly successful. So how are our wars won? How are our soldiers successful? How do we do these amazing, incredible things? Not because of our own kayach, but because we have an eternal God who has given the eternal land to his eternal nation. And when we're going to walk around with strength, forget about what we have to say to everybody else. What do we have to say to ourselves? What do we have to say to our children? What do we have to say in our own shoals this Shabbos? We have to make sure that we know that this land is ours because the Abishter gave it to us for all of eternity. And when we will have that strength and it will be so clear to us, then the nations of the world will hear it too. Business there to Makuyim Der Yud until we will have the fulfillment of the prediction that the leaders of the world will come to be of service to us. As Umas Ha'ilam Health and Diyadin, Uis Fidin Demratsan Hashem Bechlau, that the nations of the world will be there helping the Jewish people to carry out whatever the Abishar wants them to do, and especially this area of control of Eretz Yisrael, even during Gullus, the nations of the world will come behind us and support us and be there for us if we stand strong with our knowledge that this land belongs to us because the Abishar gave it to us. And this itself is what Haris the Geula and then the entire Eretz Yisrael will be ours, including the lands of Kini, Knizi, and Kadmaini. And at that time, not only will the land, but the, the bigger goal of Geula, which is that every single person in the world, all these non-Jews, and anyone else who may be screaming, shouting, whatever else they might be doing, all of the nations of the world will finally speak clearly. Likrei kulam b'shem Hashem, to call all out in the name of Hashem, ula'avdeishchem echad, and to serve Hashem in a united way. B'mheira b'yameinu mamish, and may this happen immediately, speedily now. So what's our takeaway? On a personal level, each one of us has to find out where in my life is there a portion that Hashem gave me that I'm scared of conquering, that I'm scared of taking chazaka, that I'm scared of feeling like, yes, I can walk in here and do this. Especially if you messed up. Come back as the Balchuva and feel confident that now more than ever you're going to be able to do it. That's number one. Number two, when it comes to the perspective that we have on our land, what's the message we go around saying to ourselves, to our families, to our communities? This is the land that the Abishter gave us. And when we stand with that confidence, we will do the biggest favor to the nations of the world and give them the chance to be of service to Hashem's people. Give them a chance to also serve Hashem with clear speech, b'mheira b'yameinu mamish.
Amen. Thank you very much. I definitely needed this going into service. Isn't this like mind-boggling stuff? Yes, <laughs> it is. And we need the ultimate. I feel like all of we're, there's so many nevuas and so many parshas out there. It's all lining up. And so now we need the ultimate nevua. Amen. Yeah. Amen. 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 Amen.